Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Welcome to Season 5 of The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile brand podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about maintaining a great employee experience during tough economic times and maintaining morale when teams are stretched thin and often with higher expectations. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Anne Jacoby, founder and CEO at the Spring Street Solutions Company. Anne, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Greg. Thank you. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this this topic with you. I know I know we've had had several chats about similar topics, and glad glad the audience is is going to be able to to listen in here. So why don't we start by uh, you giving a little background on yourself as well as uh, how you work with companies? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so I like to say that I'm on a mission to cultivate more creativity at work, and that's probably because of my unconventional background. I started my career as a singer, actor, dancer. Uh, but the, for the past 20 plus years, I've been in business, scaling companies as an operator and a leader of learning development and culture. And now I partner with organizations to help them strategically build the workplace cultures that they crave. Great, great. So let's uh, let's dive in here and let's let's get started by talking about the employee experience during tough economic times. I mean, you know, the last several years have We've seen a lot, uh, a lot of things going. I mean, you know, in, in my career, I've seen a few of these upturns, downturns, all this as, as well as I'm sure many, many of us have. But, you know, the, these recent times, there's, you know, there, there's also some unique things about them. So from an employee perspective, you know, they, they have it tough when economic conditions are poor. They're often part of teams that become short staffed and saddled with too much work because there's either layoffs or hiring freezes and this can cause morale or productivity issues. So as a leader, what's the first thing you should do when you know you're going to be challenged like this? Because, uh, you know, you can't change the economy, right? But, you know, what can you do with with your teams? Oh, I love this question. Um, and I'm glad that you pointed out that it is a cycle, right? This isn't going to last forever. But right. yes, um, times are getting kind of tough right now. And I think as a leader, it's really important to be crystal clear about what the priorities are and communicate them early and often. 
and also limit them, right? It's so easy to kind of have eyes bigger than our stomachs. We want to do all the things, but now is the time to really dial into what are the, say, two to three things that are really going to move the needle on the business and focus there, make sure that the team is super aligned and clear. But I'll also add, you know, because I am in this creativity focus and space, um, that it's really important to still be creative, allow the time to be creative and experiment so that you don't lose the innovation that's really going to help your company to survive these tough times and ideally actually thrive in them. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, given, you know, hiring freezes, layoffs, budget cuts, you know, on, on top of those things, the term investment is kind of a bad word in, in these times. But, you know, the, to, to your point, you know, you, you've, you, we still need to keep the, the employees engaged that are there. So, you know, what are some good investments that leaders can make in their in their teams, even when times are tough? Yeah, well, I'll preface this by saying I'm slightly biased, um, but I do think <laughs> that the first thing to invest in is coaching. I mean, uh, executive coaches, um, coaching across your team, targeted areas to really help upskill your your future leaders yields dividends. So that that would be a big thing to start with. Um, I also think skill building and learning and development. So it's really easy for these things to get cut, especially in downturns. But gosh, if you invest, it doesn't have to be super expensive, right? Um, It can be an informal book club or even just listening to podcasts like these to kind of upskill your team and build that shared learning community can really be a great way to give back and it doesn't have to be super high cost. Yeah. Uh, and then the third thing that comes to mind is just this concept of social connection. I see a lot of organizations finally bringing their teams together. You know, there's nothing like sharing a meal together to build relationships and bonds, but that can also be done remotely. Just dedicating a little bit of time for, for social connection, getting to know each other. It can be on new platforms like Twine, uh, where I'm an advisor, full disclosure, uh, or Donut and Slack, you know, just ways to find these micro moments of connection can really be a great investment in team building. Yeah, 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 I love all of those ideas. Uh, you mentioned um, earlier about prioritizing and, you know, just how that's, how that's important. And, you know, leaders need to, to be able to do that. So, but also employees need to be able to communicate uh, some of those things as well. So, you know, how can members of a team work with their leaders to set realistic goals and outcomes uh, during times like this? You know, well, mm-hmm. C-level leadership may have certain expectations they need to hold the company to. And so, you know, they've got their priorities. How can a great employee not get lost between mismatched expectations? Yeah. Well, goal setting is a big passion of mine. I'm a bit of a goal setting junkie. I love them. Uh, But it can often be intimidating or demoralizing to team members, like you mentioned, kind of getting lost or feeling this sense of disconnection from what does the company really care about? What does the team really care about? And so I think there's real power in having shared team goals that are really well connected to the organization's top priorities. I personally really like the OKR model, the objectives and key results, um, because it helps to sharpen the focus on measurement, really, how are we going to measure this and, and say that it's true, that it really happened, but also because OKRs are designed to be done quarterly. It's not kind of set your goals for the year and forget about them. We all know that the speed of business is so fast nowadays. 
it really takes that monitoring every few months to make sure that you're on the right track, that you're focused on the right activities that are really helping to, to fuel the company. So, uh, so I like that kind of design. Yeah. Yeah. And so you mentioned a, a little bit ago, uh, you know, some, some, when we're talking about the investments that interactions are, are really key. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to follow up on that and talk about in-person interactions. I mean, you know, a lot of companies, uh, they've moved to either fully remote or hybrid. And, you know, really, you know, I've worked with global companies for quite a while. They've, in a sense, always been remote, although, you know, there were in-person meetings and, and stuff like that. But, you know, when when we were prepping for the show, we talked we talked a bit about just how valuable in-person interactions can be when they're when they're done well. So, you know, can you talk a little bit more about this and how, you know, offsite meetings or, or other things like that can be a really valuable thing for for teams that may rarely work in, you know, together in person? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting. I, I kind of, I think about my theater background and how much that influences how I, t- I approach the design of these offsite interactions. You know, it's really like building a production in many ways. You've got yeah. The stage, you've got to have the right environment, you've got to design this user experience. Uh, one of my big pet peeves for offsites is, you know, people standing up in front of the room and then they just share their slide deck as if, you know, it could have been a Zoom meeting, right? right? You really need right. to fly everyone in for that, that kind of interaction. And so what a great opportunity to, to build role plays, to build cross-functional breakouts, to connect people who don't normally connect so that they can build this muscle of seeking out and sharing these different perspectives. So that's really how I approach it. And, um, and that's really where I see a lot of the learning and insights come from. Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show, Basecamp. Throughout my career, whether it was at my own agency or now as a consultant, Basecamp is what we rely on to help keep projects on track, on schedule, and on budget. It takes a straightforward approach to project management. It streamlines workflow management and definitely keeps the team in the loop and on top of ongoing updates, which all are major components in a smooth running operation. No matter if it's a simple campaign or a multi-million dollar project, Basecamp has been a key ingredient in the recipe for a successful project and business. If you're struggling with projects, sign up for Basecamp. Their pricing is simple and they give you all their features in a single plan. No upsells, no upgrades. Go to Basecamp.com slash Agile. That's Basecamp.com slash A-G-I-L-E and try Basecamp for free. No credit card required and cancel anytime. Thank you, Basecamp, for sponsoring this episode. Now let's get back to the show. Any other you know, tips to make these more these offsites most effective um, for, for these teams? Like... How do you make sure that it's, uh, you know, is there, is there an OKR there? You know, is there, is there some kind of measure of, of success of uh, an, an expectation there? Yeah, well, I'm a big fan. It's such a great question. I'm a big fan of getting input from the team in advance so that you're really designing something that is custom built for what they want, right? Some teams are really going to want focus on planning. We really need to plan. We don't do enough planning. Other teams, it's more about social connection. They want to have lots of fun, engaging activities that maybe get them out of their comfort zone. So, you know, taking the temperature, if you will, of the team and understanding what they want to get out of the experience 
really helps to purpose build something that meets the needs of where that team is at that moment. And that's going to change over time. So big fan of, um, of the pre-survey, <laughs> pre-offsite survey. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So um, one last topic I wanted to talk about with you, and that's um, culture assessments. And, mm. uh, you know, I've, I've experienced some of these and, you know, to great success as well. And, you know, always find them and insightful. And can you talk a little bit about what exactly, uh, for those that are less familiar, maybe they've, maybe they've received one, but they, they don't really see what goes into it or, or the end results even, but, you know, can you talk a little bit about exactly what a culture assessment is and some of the questions that these assessments can help answer? Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. So this, this tends to be one of Spring Street's more popular product offerings today. And I think Maybe that's a result of, like you stated earlier, Greg, people are redefining how they work together. They've either shifted to hybrid or their global teams, and now they're even more distributed than they were before. You know, there's a lot of movement and, um, and, and redesigning of the employee experience. And so with our assessments, we typically build custom surveys, listening tours, really to get to the heart of what people value most in their work environment. We're trying to to kind of put put our finger on the pulse of okay what what matters what are those moments that matter across the the organization what contributes the most to belonging and where are there potential gaps to what we think our culture is and what it yeah. actually is so yeah. defining those gaps um, you know figuring out the roadmap to get there and then ideally delivering an insights report at the end that creates a a true pathway to to create a stronger culture in whatever form that that means to that particular client um, because it isn't one size fits all so you know that that's really important and you know I know we've talked a lot about the employee experience right now feeling uh, the downturn of the market but gosh it is still super low unemployment I'd say it's still very much an employee's market so co-creating this exceptional culture is probably the number one way to to attract and retain that top talent yeah yeah what about some of the outcomes that a culture assessment can help organizations achieve so you know when when you do one of these what is I know every Every organization is different, but, you know, at a, at a high level, like what, what can someone expect that they're going to get from it and, and be able to do with it? Yeah. Well, you know, we try to celebrate the good, right? What's working really well. Let's make sure that we do more of that, that we don't um, change behaviors that are already yielding to great results. So that's, that's one thing that we do. But then where there are gaps or where there are opportunities, I'll call them for, for improvement, that typically translates to strategy and initiatives that can help evolve the culture in a more positive direction. So it might mean, okay, we need some leadership training over here. This pocket of the organization isn't getting really high scores. Or we might see an opportunity to, gosh, we got to double down on our organizational purpose because people don't really know what what they're working on and why it's why it matters. So yeah. that might be a, an initiative to embrace. So again, yeah, you're right. It depends on the organization. It depends on the scale and the size and and where there are opportunities, but it typically um, yields a, a roadmap for initiatives and, and a prioritized strategy. Yeah, yeah. Well, one more question on this, actually. So are there often, you know, are, are there anything that 
companies are often surprised about when they when they get a the results from you know again i know there's probably different things for different companies but you know do you see any themes of things that either either good or bad but you know often kind of catch people off guard yeah you know i think where where you start to see some trends is gosh as the leader it can often feel like you're communicating a lot but it doesn't always land and okay. i think uh, noticing that, well, gosh, this message that I, I really thought I was being clear about in, in all of our all hands communications and, you know, we followed up here, but it's just not connecting. And so that's, that's often a surprising disconnect where leaders feel like, well, gosh, I feel like I've been talking about it, but it's just for whatever reason, it's not the right channel or format, or it's just not frequent enough to really capture the attention of very busy employees that, um, you know, are overwhelmed and exhausted and <laughs> many of yeah. them, uh, you know, approaching burnout. Uh, it's It's got to be a slightly different approach, especially in our more fragmented attention world that we live in. So one more question. You do a, an exercise called North Star. And, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit about that and and how you how you work with companies to uh, to achieve great results with it. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. So, uh, you know, one of the things I was talking about was organizational purpose, just as a way of example of, you know, what what might be lacking and what people feel, you know, disconnected from. So, North Star is really a way to align leaders and culture carriers and people across the organization to really understand the organizational purpose and the heartbeat of the organization. So, this North Star is the guiding light across the company, and then you know, there's usually a, a sequence where we we start there and then we go into the vision, the what of the organization. What do you want to be? How are you different from all other organizations in your category? Um, then we get into the mission, which is the how, you know, how are we going to get this done? And the mission might evolve over time, right? Your strategy might change or your service offerings or product offerings might change. Uh, and then we get into values. And I just love spending time on defining core values with organizational leaders, but then also figuring out how to activate them and bring them to life. And that involves a lot of storytelling, a lot of, you know, spotting what does good look like in our behaviors and how we show up for each other. There's so much misunderstanding about what culture really is. And it's this adopted social norms and behaviors and language that a group of people adopt and, and, and kind of embrace. And so if you can get to the heart of those things all wrapped within the North star, uh, I've seen organizations really transform how they show up for each other and clarify, um, who they want to be, which is why we all come to work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. Well, and, uh, thanks so much for joining the show. I've got one last question before we wrap up here. Um, You've given a lot of great advice already, but you know what's what's one last piece of advice that you would have for leaders that are managing teams through these challenging economic times as they navigate the months ahead? Yeah, so I'll borrow this from Dan Pink, and it's more why, less how. And it was so true during the pandemic; it remains really true today. Leaning into the why of your organization really makes a big difference. So rather than worry about all the nuts and bolts, the micromanaging techniques of how we're going to get this done, really focusing on why we're doing what we're doing, why we're coming together to build this organization is a great place to start. And it's all about being purposeful, being personal, 
and showing up as humans. So conduct those stay interviews with your team, recognize and appreciate them for all they're doing. People really are working hard, but um, you know, it's, it's really time to go back to the why. And speaking of appreciation, I wanted to thank you, Greg, for inviting me to be on your show. It's, it's been a blast. Yeah, yeah. Always, always great to talk with you. Um, again, I'd like to thank Ann Jacoby, founder and CEO of the Spring Street Solutions Company, for joining the show. You can learn more about Ann and the Spring Street Solutions Company by following the links in the show notes. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.